welcome to Starkville Church of God. This is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you, strengthens you, and fills you with God's love so you can share with others. Enjoy the message. Well, we're here today in a college town, and not just any college town. We are here in the best college town. We are here in a SEC college town, and we have only one weekend left until football season officially kicks off. And as we get into this season, as, as the people that we are, we think about rankings. You know, there's all kind of polls. There's the uh, coaches poll. There's the AP poll. There's the ESPN poll. And if you're old enough, there's a lot of youngsters here today that you may not remember, but for those of us old enough, you'll remember some loved it, most hated it, the old BCS rankings. And now we live in the day of the college football playoff ranking. I will never forget when the very first college football, this is a little history lesson for those of you, how many freshmen, any freshmen this, we got it with us or we got all, we got, we got one freshman, got a lot of upper class. Well, there's another one. Thank the Lord. So for some of y'all younger ones that may not realize this, don't ever let anybody Alabama, LSU, tell you any different, the very first number one team in the very first college football playoff poll was none other than Mississippi State University. (laughs) It was us. We were the very first number one ranked team. I won't ever forget it. It it was a day that I I wore this in honor of, of that day. This is the Egg Bowl from 2014 jersey, but None other than Dak Prescott was our quarterback. Auburn came in number two. We were number three, and it rained that day, but nobody really cared. It was quite a day, and we left out of there knowing that when those rankings came out, that we would be number one, and sure enough, we were. And as much as we love our Bulldog teams, all of our Bulldog teams, we love every one of them. We were thankful last year for our first uh, national championship that our baseball team brought home. We're thankful for our, our women that almost, almost came close, knocked off UConn, almost won a national championship for the ladies, our men. I won't ever forget, I can date myself and age myself here. Some of y'all younger ones won't ever forget. You may not ever heard of Eric Dampier. I won't ever forget coming over to the hump and watching him play in 1996 when the men went to the final four and we think about as sports fans and here in a college town we think about all of these rankings but as much as we love our teams and as much as we love all of the sports and all of our athletes no ranking really compares to the most important ranking. And so I know that you'll sit through classes, and many of you, you'll do like me. Sometimes you'll turn on Paul Feinbaum, or you'll listen to different ones. You may listen to Matt Wyatt. You may do all kinds of stuff. But really and truly, the most important thing that we can do, and as a pastor here today, the most important question I want to ask you, and that is in the title of my sermon, Where Do You Rank Jesus? And I'm not talking about the ranking of how great or how mighty you believe He is, Because I believe there's a lot of people that believe God is great and God is mighty and that he is the only God, that he's the creator of heaven and earth. They believe all those things, but when it comes to actually ranking him in importance in their life, suddenly he does not quite rank there. So the question I ask you this morning is, where does Jesus rank in your life? Where are you ranking him? 
Is Jesus the most important thing in your life? Is He number one in your life and everything else fall after Him? Or is Jesus number three, number five? You know, unfortunately, sometimes it seems like Jesus even will fall out of our top 25 at times. I want to use an acronym this morning, using the word FIRST in this message to help us determine if Jesus ranks number one in our lives. So let's start with number one, F. Everybody say F. F stands for finances. Everybody say finances. As soon as a preacher mentions money, people start getting nervous. They start grabbing their wallet. They start getting nervous. And listen, with so many preachers out there that have turned the gospel into just something to make money off of, I do understand why. I understand that there are those that have cheapened the gospel, those that have sold the gospel. I understand that there are those that have just made a big market out of it, and it's all about making money. So I understand why when a preacher mentions money, people get nervous. However, when we begin to study the scriptures, we find that 16 out of 38 parables that Jesus taught dealt with money and stewardship. Somebody said, uh-oh. This is Jesus, and 16 out of his 38 parables dealt with money and stewardship. So it was obviously something that Jesus thought was important, so we can't just ignore it. In fact, in our text, we read right here that Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is going to be also. Wherever you're putting your money, that's where your heart is going to be. So we must learn to bring the first fruits to God. You see, I believe before we do anything else with our finances, God should come first. The very first thing that we pay, the very first thing that we do when we have income, I believe, is that we should bring that tenth, that tithe, that first fruit to God. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, well, Pastor, I thought this was was a welcome back college student uh, service. Do you not know, do you not remember how poor college students are? Yes, I do remember how poor college students are. But that's exactly why I want to talk to you now while you're poor. Because can I tell you, it's easier to learn this principle when you ain't got much than when you end up with a lot. Because I'm going to tell you, it's a lot easier to tithe on $50 than it is to tithe on $5 or $500. Listen, if you can't tithe on $5, you're not going to tithe on $500. And if you can't tithe on that, you're sure not going to tithe on $5,000. So I tell you, there's a principle here that I believe is easier to learn when we're younger and when we don't have much. You see that we learned that F stands for finances. And if God is first in your life, take it up with Jesus. He's the one that said, what, where your treasure is, there's where your heart's going to be also. So if you want to know how to put God first in your life, you need to make sure that God is first in your finances. Now, I think you, if you've been here before, you know that I believe God is fine with you having things as long as things don't have you. You know, you, you, you read the Bible and you study Jesus, you study the gospels and you find out that, yeah, Jesus There was only one person that I read of that he said, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. That was a rich young ruler that had a lot of stuff. And you know why I believe Jesus told that? Because I believe his things had him instead of him having things. We've got to make sure that things don't have us. Number two, 
when we look at this acronym for first. Number two, I. Everybody say I. Maybe we may have some northerners here. You may want to say I. I. I, I was in Illinois for a few years. I stands for interest. Everybody say interest. So where does Jesus rank in your interest? Does the Lord of the things of the Lord interest you at all? Because I believe that whatever you're interested in, you are going to think about it. Whatever you're interested in, whatever is in your heart, your mind then is going to dwell in it, on it and vice versa. You see, the book of Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Psalm 119.48 says, My hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved, and I will meditate in thy statutes. So in other words, we find here in the Psalms that we are to, if we're going to be blessed, we're going to delight in the law of the Lord. We're going to meditate on it day and night. And then he goes on to say that my hands will lift up into thy command. In other words, I'm going to do what you tell me to do. When we read in the scripture and we find hands, it represents doing something. Somebody say doing something. In other words, it's not just listening to it. It's not just knowing about it, but it's doing something. And so he said, my hands are going to be lifting up your commandments. I'm going to be doing what you've told me to do. And not only that, he said, which I loved, I love doing, and then I will meditate in thy statues. Now, I'm 40, in case you don't know. I'm going to be 43 in a month or so. And I'm not that far removed that I don't remember some things. And I remember when my wife, she, she went, she must be getting food ready. I was going to use her. She must have known. But we met in college. I was a junior in college and she was a senior in college. And there's something I found out. When you're interested in someone, you're going to think about that someone. You know, suddenly, suddenly my mind got to where I just got to thinking about this blonde-headed girl that I had met from Alabama. My mind was on her. I think about her. I think about when's the next time I can get to see her. When's the next time I'm going to get to talk to her? Now, listen, I'm going to be honest. I feel bad for y'all because there was still, it was just getting brand new. I thank God there was no texting when, when we were dating. Thank the Lord. That will wear me out. Some of them awkward texts. Listen, I'm praying for y'all young people. Listen, it was still, we did have some cell phones. We had some old Nokia bricks. Anybody come on now? We had some of them. I actually had one of the old bag phones at one time, so things were a little bit different. But I was constantly thinking, how in the world? I'm thinking about this girl. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm falling in love with this girl, and I, she's on my mind. Can I tell you this? I believe that the Lord should be the same way. Remember, we're on I, if we're going to keep him first, our interest. How interested are we in Jesus? How often do we think about the Lord? Do we just think about him? For, for those of you that are just getting back to school, are you thinking about him when your mama calls or texts you on Saturday night and says, don't forget to go to church tomorrow? Have you found your church yet? Or, or maybe even if you're past college, and you're th do you just think about the Lord? Well, oh, it's Sunday. I got to get up. 
Preacher's going to be mad if I don't show up. How often are you thinking? Because I believe what we are interested in, according to the psalmist, if we're interested with the Lord, we are going to think about him. Now listen, I'm not saying that you're going to be thinking about Jesus on the cross 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Because sometimes you're going to have to think about your class. Sometimes you're going to have to think about your test, your paper. Sometimes you're going to have to think about your job. Sometimes you got to think about, I understand that. But can I tell you something? I believe if we're going to put Jesus first, he's got to be more than just a passing, fleeting thought once or twice a week. We need to have an interest in Jesus. Thirdly, I'm going to keep on moving. I know we got a lot of good food. R stands for relationships. Say relationships. So where do you rank Jesus in your relationships? Now, there's always been a little joke in the church world. I need, I need to get some, I need to get some volunteers. I want to get some active, Bell, will you come, come help me? Come on, come on, stand, stand right there up front. Now, I need a, I need a guy. I don't want, I'm not going to pull anybody out, run anybody. I need a guy that would be all right with, with volunteering. Any, any young, young whippersnapper? Theo, come on, that's just, come on, come on up here. Now, Come on, sit, sit right here, Belle. Sit right here, Theo, right there on, on the edge. Now, you know, in, in church circles, at youth camps and youth groups and everything like that, you know, we've always say, you know, if young people, and listen, as far as I know, unless something's changed in the last day, y'all aren't dating now or anything, are you? But we're just gonna, we're gonna pretend that they're dating. And we always say, hey, you need to leave room for Jesus. <laughs> Leave room for Jesus in the middle. You know, these young people, they, they start, you know, they start looking, looking at the opposite sex, and then they start wanting to hold hands, and they start wanting to do it. We always have to say, hey, come on. Now, now leave room for Jesus in the middle. Now, now listen, I know that that's kind of humorous, and I know that's kind of silly, we think, but it's still the truth. When I'm talking about this, where do you rank Jesus? Where does he fall in your relationships? That R is relationships. Where does Jesus fall in your relationships? Now, let me just tell you something about me. I know that I'm not looking traditional because, listen, I'm, I'm, you never know what I'm going to wear. I'm going to wear a suit and tie one day. I'm going to wear a jersey one day. You just never know. I'm in a college town, and I want to relate to everybody. But I will tell you this. Listen, if you don't know this, I am a Pentecostal preacher, and I still believe in holiness, I got a few amens there. And I still believe that the Bible gives us standards to live by. So look, if you're looking for a church where the pastor's just going to say, you know, if you'll just smile and think positive, everything's going to be all right. And the Lord will bless you in everything, that, then you've come to the wrong place. Now listen, the Lord will bless you, and I do want you to be, I'm going to say that in a little bit. But listen, there's more to that. There's going to be some times where I'm going to come in here, and I'm just going to tell you, I believe God has standards. I believe God has standards for our relationship. There's some things that I believe God has reserved for a man and a woman in marriage. Not supposed to happen before that. 
Oh, man, y'all, I knew it's going to get quiet in here. And so where do you rank Jesus? Where does he fall in your relationship? Are you leaving room for Jesus? I say this in a comical way, but I'm saying it serious also. Are you leaving room for Jesus in your relationships? Listen, I'm not that old again. I remember what it was like. But we've got to make sure that if Jesus is first, that we've got to leave room for Jesus in every relationship relationship that we have. In other words, we're going to treat each other the way that Jesus and his word tells us that we should treat each other. Come on, give God praise if you would. Come on, thank y'all. Thank my volunteers. Give them a hand. <laughs> but I'm going I'm to move, move on a little bit deeper into that. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14 says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? You say, what does that mean exactly? You ready for this? I'm going to say this as, as plainly as I can. Christian man, you need to date and marry a single. Don't go after somebody that's married. Dear Lord, I never thought you'd have to specify these things anymore, but you got to. Christian man, you need to date and marry a single Christian woman. Christian woman, you need to date and marry a single Christian man. Don't flirt to convert. How many church girls have thought, well, he's just so cute, he's just... He looks so good. He, you know what? I know that he don't love the Lord. I know that he's not saying, but I'm, I'm going to flirt to convert. I believe I can get him into church. And let me just be honest. At the very first, you probably will get him to come to church a little bit. And there are occasions, I'm not going to deny it because I know there are. There's some occasions where he does get to coming and the Lord gets a hold of him and he does change. But then there's also a whole lot where once the new wears off, he's like, I don't care nothing about going to church no more. This is a little deep, I know, for a Sunday morning, but that's all I got. I got to give it to you this morning. I just need to tell you that this is what the Bible says. You don't, no matter how good looking they are, no matter how much money they have. Listen, I'm talking because you're sitting in this sanctuary today on a Sunday morning. I'm going to talk from the perspective of a Christian. I'm going to talk to you as sitting here this morning from the perspective of a Christian and tell you as a Christian, it doesn't matter how much money they have, how much potential they have. It doesn't matter how good looking they are. If they are not putting Jesus first in their life, you don't need to be in a relationship with them. Well, I got a couple that believe it. You can go ahead and give the Lord praise. Find yourself somebody that loves Jesus. All oh, this is going to get harsh here. And do not, Christian man, Christian woman, go looking at the club for your spouse. You know where you, you need to be looking at church. Students go over there, the Baptist student, you go find yourself. At, please don't go. This might be the end for me. Please don't go over to the pony looking but people do that kind of goofy stuff oh they're just no good well, well where'd you meet them at at the club 
Well, what did you expect? Please don't go down to the cottage. I know what goes on down there on Friday nights. And some of them put, please don't belly up to the bar thinking you're going to find a good godly man or woman. Oh, y'all all right? Y'all, this is the truth here. If Jesus is number one in your life, if you are ranking Jesus number one in that first, that R stands for relationships, and you need to get in a relationship with somebody that loves Jesus too. I'm keeping on moving. Fourthly, S stands for schedule. Somebody say schedule. Now, we may not have them written down, but we all have a list of things ranked in priority when it comes to our schedule. Class, sleep, work, studying, family time, meal time, fun time. We determine what is the most important thing in our schedule every day of our lives. It is us that determines that. And where do we rank Jesus in our schedule? Where do we rank reading our Bible? Where do we rank praying? Where do we rank going to church? Where do we rank being the hands and feet of Jesus and helping others? Where in our schedule does Jesus fit? Is he number one on our schedule? Listen, I'm not here to just preach to college kids. I'm here to preach to everybody today because I pastored people from birth all the way up until old. And every single one of us have to make up and determine in our mind what is number one priority in our schedule. Am I going to wake up and make sure at some point in my day that I read this book? Am I going to make sure that at some point in this day, I'm going to take some time and I'm going to pray to the Lord? It don't matter if you got to go to class, if you got to go to work, if you got a family, if you're single, every single one of us have the opportunity that we have to determine what is number one. Every Sunday morning that rolls around, Listen, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not picking on just one group here. Every Sunday morning that rolls around, college students, now you ain't got mama coming in your room waking you up. And you've got the opportunity and the choice. Every Sunday morning, you're going to get up and you're going to get to church? Are you a little too tired and you want to sleep in? Adults, grown-ups, where are you at? You've got the opportunity. What did the kids keep you up to? Like, was the baby crying so late last night that you just can't seem to get up? Was the ball tournament too long and too hot yesterday and you're just too wiped out to go to church? I told you I wasn't going to leave nobody out. And I understand there's times physically also, but I told you I'm going to go all the way up the spectrum. Even as we get older. I know sometimes, yes, you are just too, it's, it, there's an impossibility, but sometimes, is it just an ache? Is it just a pain? Are you going to go ahead and make yourself get up and get into the house of God? Are you going to make it a priority to put Jesus, rank him first in your schedule? You've got the responsibility. You've got the opportunity. A few weeks back, I shared a video, video illustration, and if you go and you Google uh, putting the big rocks in first, you'll find this. 
few weeks back, I shared a video illustration. I'm not going to go into it, but if you want to Google that, it was about a study done representing making the most important things the most important things. And when they had sand, smaller rocks, and bigger rocks in the same size container and the same amount of stuff, when they put the sand in first and the medium rocks and the big rocks in last, it all wouldn't fit. But when they put the big rocks in first, there was a way to make everything fit in there. I'm just going to go ahead and say this. Young person, old person, wherever you're at right now, can I just tell you, you need to make sure that you fit this into your day. You need to make sure that you are, I'm not telling you you got to read a whole chapter, two chapters a day. Listen, that's up to you. Get a reading program. I encourage you to do that. Read the whole New Testament in a year, the whole Bible in a year. Read the Bible in 90 days, whatever. But find some kind of reading program. If you have trouble, I encourage you. Get a version you can understand. Get a reading program. But I'm telling you, you better make sure that you fit this in first. I know you got work, and I know you got tests, and I know you got responsibilities, but can I tell you, please, 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 make sure that you are ranking Jesus number one in your life, and that S of first is the schedule, and make sure that you're not pushing Jesus Christ to the side. He'll help you find time for everything else. You'll be able to go out and eat. You'll be able to make it to the game. You'll be able to do whatever you need to do, but put the big rocks in first. Finally, fifthly, that T in first stands for trouble. Is he the number one place you turn when you find yourself in trouble? Where do you turn? Do you turn to appeal? Or a bottle? Do you turn to fear or worry? Do you turn to a friend, a parent? Now listen to me this morning. As they come and begin to play softly. It's okay to turn to others for help. In fact, I believe it's biblical that we are the church and that we are a family. This is more than just a concert and a speaking engagement that we put on, but this is a family reunion every week. And I believe that it's okay to turn for others, turn to others and get help from them. And it's okay to turn to doctors and properly used medications. But our number one person to turn to in trouble should be Jesus. When you find yourself in trouble, the number one thing that should come to your mind first, the number one place you should turn first is to Jesus. It's to find yourself a place. It doesn't have to be a church altar. It doesn't even have to be beside your bedside. It might be out in a yard. It might be in your vehicle. The place really doesn't matter. Thank the Lord because of what Jesus did tore the temple veil from top to bottom. We've got access anywhere, anyhow. Could be in a hospital room. Could be walking out of a classroom. No matter where you're at. But when trouble hits, it's the number one thing that comes to your mind. Where will you turn? Will you turn to Him? Now, students don't walk out of here and say, oh, the preacher told us, don't even call mama or daddy. No, I didn't say that. But I did say your number one place. Lord, I need your help here. 
you know I've messed up here. Or maybe even you didn't mess up. Maybe it's just some of those things. How many of you know that bad stuff just happens sometimes? Maybe you find yourself laying in a road ditch. I can tell you right now at this moment, down in Mobile, Alabama, in USA Medical Center, there's a guy hanging on for his life. Got in a motorcycle wreck early Saturday morning. His cousin called me. I'm not going to share his, his whole story, but I prayed. I had concerns. His cousin called me. Said he got to talk to him, went in the room. And he told him, he said, when I was really laying there in that road ditch, I started talking to God. Before paramedics ever arrived, before anybody else ever got on the scene, he turned to the Lord. Now, obviously, I'm not saying turn away the ambulance, turn it, no. But he knew. I'm just going to say it. I know the kind of guy he is. He wasn't living right. He ain't been living right. But he had enough in him laying in that road ditch. He didn't know if he's going to live or die. And he called out to the Lord. Parents, listen, I got a soon-to-be, I don't know where she went, soon-to-be next year she'll be a college freshman. I don't know where, I know where I'm hoping she ends up, real close. I don't know where she'll end up at. She's got a mind of her own. Listen, I know, I, I want her to be able to call me and her mama talk to me but I also know I want first and foremost when she's in trouble to talk to him because if the natural course of time progresses there'll come a day where I won't be here anymore mama won't be here anymore but I know somebody who will always, always be available. So it doesn't matter what you're going through, what kind of trouble hits you. Where, where do you rank Jesus? That T, trouble. Where do you turn when trouble hits? I want to encourage you. Turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus first. Yes, call your mama, call your daddy, call your pastor. It's, it's all right to do that at some point, but first and foremost, talk to Jesus. Would you stand with me, please, all over the house? When we put Jesus first, I believe that we will gain his perspective and begin to see what he sees. Listen, I, I, don't, I told you earlier, I don't want you to think I'm a negative person because I will tell you this. I believe when we begin to put Jesus first, we begin to see what he sees and see things how he sees it, you'll realize that you have got a huge potential in your life. When you put Jesus first in your life, I believe that you'll begin to be positive. Why? Because, hey, I've read the back of the book and I know that in the end, Jesus has already won the victory and we're going to win. When we put Jesus first, I believe that you will see His miraculous provision come to pass in your life. 
And I believe that when we put Jesus first, He will bless us in ways that will astound us. I've seen it, church. I've seen it. He has blessed me when I have turned to Him. When I have put Him first in my life, He has blessed me in ways that are astounding. He'll get you through. He'll help you. Put Him first. Thanks for listening to our podcast. To find out more about us, follow us on social media at StarkvilleCOG. Special thanks to those who generously support this ministry. If you would like to give, visit us at StarkvilleCOG.com forward slash give. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.